It's Demasi and Michael, just talking tech. Proper planning prevents piss poor performance. But I do think that there is an alternative version of that. That's something about how poor planning leads to something. Piss poor, never mind. (laughs) Yeah, I really don't remember how it goes, though. But yeah, what I said is what I have heard growing up, which is true. Like it comes down to uh, planning. I try to get everybody to understand that like really is is sort of just a general thing you don't have to be a nut about task management and all of that and and you know i got you know 300 projects and omnifocus or, or to doist or or things or what like you don't have to be a nut about it but still like especially when something you're doing depends on somebody else you know if they're working parts to a situation mm. that don't just require you like you know good alternative example of this is say mike with you editing uh your shows for example you can sit down and decide i'm going to edit this show monday night when i'm going to publish it tuesday because you're kind of the only person involved in that workflow right. i could or i could sit down and say never mind demasi send me your file i'm going to do it right now after this call just so it's out of the way scheduled and in the system it, it all depends on how i want to work what i'm working on if you're interested in any more information just so you know you're on pay.com slash dm36 for show notes had to throw that in there <laughs> oh yeah because you know i totally forget man <laughs> so Demasi. Uh, but that's an example of, of of okay we sit down and schedule a time to record and like those are working pieces right so we always try to plan out like where we're going to record to make sure that we're both free uh, versus me just picking up the phone, you know, today and like, hey, Mike, you want to record at 12? I got some free time. Right. Mike's like, oh, no, that and, work. and it also prevents me from picking up the phone and saying, hey, man, I don't know. Did you talk about or did you figure out what we're talking about? And uh, uh, let's just not record today. And, and then you stop and you think you're like, well, or sit down, record, get the information down that you wanted to get down, have conversation, turn the show into what you want, and then run with it. Then we're done. Then we're it's, out. It, you got that, that content out there. Exactly. So, Demasi, what are you well, using to keep track of relationships with people? Uh, to be quite honest, man, I have a very hacked together <laughs> solution. Me too. Uh, uh, Nothing wrong with It's that. a combination <laughs> of uh, iCloud contacts, which are also being backed up to or synced over to uh, Google, my Google account. Uh, my G Suite account. So contacts with some notes about specifics uh, for people uh, using contact groups to sort of group all specific people like, you know, these are clients, these are developers, these are, you know, associates, these are people that may be able to help me out with specific types of. So, you know, just using groups to uh, keep those people organized and then a combination of that with uh you know, important emails and things like that being filed into specific folders, uh, which the nice thing about Gmail is you can apply multiple tags as they're called in Gmail. Uh, so you have emails in multiple folders. And that's about the extent of my relationship management. Yeah, I have absolutely no con- like like someone emails me. I will tell you a story about that here in a second. Uh, shout out to you, Teresa. Remind me about Teresa. So someone emails me and they're like, "Hey, you know, we're we're talking about this and we're we're working on this." And then I drop the ball, or they drop the ball, and then six months down the road or a year down the road, someone reaches back out and says, "Hey, I'm working on this," and you you know that person 
you know the name, but, but you, you don't know. remember mm-hmm. what you were working on with them or what you were doing with them and how that relationship is. And I'll be honest, sometimes that influences my uh, response time because I'm like, did I piss this person off in the past? <laughs> where were you? Did I drop a ball on something? You know, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I need to come up with a good solution. You're on pay.com slash DM36. If you're using a very streamlined solution for keeping track of conversations, uh, cross-platform specifically, Email and phone, and I'd love to add text message conversations in there, but it's not essential. But if you have some sort of system or solution that you're using, I'd love to either chat with you or leave a comment so we can talk over there. But what I've found so far is Airtable is a tool. I mentioned it in the last podcast episode, so we're recording content on it. And Airtable is a tool that could possibly be a solution or at least the back end to the solution for an accessible uh, project management solution. So Airtable may be a good solution for either keeping all of your information together for contacts or at least be a good solution for the back end. What I'm using Airtable right now for is keeping... So if you join Blind Employment Solutions... If you go to blindemployment.org and you opt into the email uh, list, you are added to or you're presented with the opportunity to join the Facebook group. And if you are interested in joining the Facebook group, there are three questions that we ask you to answer. The first of which is required and the second two are optional. And for the longest time, we were copying and pasting all that data into a Google form and then taking that data from a Google form and uh, using or leveraging that data to get to know people in the uh, group more. And I knew there had to be a different solution, hopefully better, to get access to information about specific people. I kept hearing Airtable mentioned on a few different podcasts, and I decided that I wanted to check it out with not very high hopes of accessibility, but I figured that maybe this would be a good uh, solution for trying to figure out how to get access to information. Tomasi, hmm? now that we're talking about this, so how much of a headache would it be to just ask people those three questions on the next page. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? You totally do that. And then just drop that data. That way, number one, even if they choose not to join the Facebook group, we still give them the opportunity to answer those three questions. And then they're that tied to a name and email That would be useful. Address. Yeah, that would be useful because we did. Yeah, that was the one problem with, with a few of the people that we had is that uh, they didn't want to join the Facebook group. So they never answered the questions because they never saw them. All right. So add that to whatever project management service you're using now. Because oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I didn't even think about that until we were sitting down talking about it. I'm like, well, well I'm I manually asking one time, oh, was there a way to do it uh, so that we could have them answer the questions on the site and then have those, you know, have that trigger to Facebook or something mm-hmm. like that? And I think, however, I, the way I phrased the question at that time, the answer was like, no, you can't do that. Because you had phrased it, can we get the data to come from Facebook uh, straight over to the ex- or the Google Docs document? And at that point, with that workflow, there wasn't a way to capture that data in the group. But if we change the workflow around a little and use Gravity Forms to manage everything, capture name and email address, yeah, send that to Airtable, and, if they don't and then answer attach the that questions, to the card. Yeah, that was the actual, so the actual problem was that we couldn't, send people to the Facebook group 
and mm. be sure that they had answered the questions. And actually, we could. Cause, but we could do what Gravity Forms is have it set up so that if they don't answer the three questions, then they don't get a link mm-hmm. email mm-hmm. to them to join the Facebook group. So that still puts up that barrier of entry. Oh, I remember what it was, though. The actual problem was. Uh, and I guess we could leave the shit. How do we deal with that what? though? The problem was the people who drive by to the Facebook group uh-huh. was the issue. It wasn't anything on our end. It right, was right. Less- but I got I got twelve pending members right now that probably came through the email address. If not, then that's still less data that we have to copy and paste over. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm in total agreement with I you. I mean, if man. we could set up an internal forum to just go to those questions too. Yeah, I mean, if they drive by, I mean, if they drive by, join the Facebook group, or they get invited by somebody in the group already, or something. And uh, you know me, yeah, my goal is to get them out of the Facebook group into right. email. Jeez, man, did you see this shit Facebook was doing? No, oh. I've been busy week this weekend. Did they? Did <laughs> they do something? What no, happened? I mean, they haven't done anything new that I <laughs> right, heard right. About. I'm, I'm uh, like, wait, wait. Uh, I, I, I thought something else happened. So uh, yeah, have I seen so, some of the shit going on? Yeah, but <laughs> you seen the thing about the VPN app? Yeah, yeah. Paying oh, people man. twenty dollars a pop just or a month just to install it and give them root access to the phone, pretty much. So a very funny, uh, a, a very insightful statement was made about that. I can't remember who made it, but I think he was like a lawyer or something like that. And he said it is not legally possible for most individuals to understand what they're agreeing to with those terms because one of the arguments that people were making for facebook was that well people agreed to do it even though yes technically they were breaking apple's developer uh certificate rules so they they were going to get that yanked anyway regardless right. so hands down they just completely violated the terms of service for those certificates uh but other people, you know, like me was like, well, that's just horrible, a horrible thing for Facebook to do. Uh, whereas on the flip side, people were like, well, you know, people agreed to do it and they were getting paid for it. And a very insightful statement that a guy made was that uh, it's theoretically impossible for your average person to understand what they're agreeing to. Uh, it is because most people really don't have a, a understanding of how valuable the information you're giving Facebook. They're giving you 20 bucks a month. Right. And uh, they don't understand what that I could go and buy, spend $20 a day to get ads in front of you where you'll be willing to spend more money with me. So your $20 a month that you're getting paid from Facebook, they're making on you Hand and fist, like yeah, every day they're making $20 for every $20 they give you for. So if, why isn't it the other way? Why aren't people like, Hey, why? I don't know. I don't even know how to say what I'm saying. You know what I said? Though. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole point. Like you start getting to this whole right. mess of how much is Facebook making off of this information? How much information are you actually giving Facebook is the other question, right? A lot of people don't understand that you're letting them see everything you do on your device at that point, because you, you've basically given them what, what, like you said, what amounts to root access without their uh, permission. Like we're asking you these three questions. We're saying, Hey, answer these three questions. Yeah. We're going to keep it in a database. Yeah. We'll probably use it to tailor content to, to better answer questions that you might have or to better tailor content towards you. But you gave us the information. 
We didn't steal from you. I mean, yeah, it's not or buy it from you, I guess. The fact. It, it's not me giving a certificate. It's not like me saying, hey, go install this app on your computer so I can see, you know, what sites you browse to. And then I'm building a dossier on you basically off of that information. And you don't have a comprehension of what information I'm actually getting. Like, that's the problem is people really don't comprehend the information they're giving up every day. Uh, which is why I stress so much to people inside of BE 101. Like it may seem like a slimy or, or a sort of slightly dishonest thing to do to say, Hey, I'll give you a free PDF with my tips on whatever for your email address to me. And, and again, like I said, I had to be explained to me in a way that dissociated the way that people, some people choose to use that to. If you feel like the content you're giving them is valuable, their email address is valuable to me as a business owner because it allows me to directly communicate with you, uh, with, 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 you know, potential customers. Uh, so if I'm giving them something in exchange that is valuable, just as valuable to them as their email address is to me, then it's a fair exchange, but everybody understands what they're getting. You're giving me your email address. Which means I'm going to email you, right? I mean, that should be spelled out in terms of service. I'm going to email you if you give me your email address. Also, I'm going to give you this document of these tips or this video uh, that I expect is going to help you. And you didn't pay me for it except you gave me an email address. I don't have anything else to add except for I do want to loop back a little bit to what Demasi was just saying a minute ago and say, that's why you say click here to allow me to follow up with you via email. Mm -hmm. Transparency. Communication GDPR. If you're GDPR compliant, I think you're okay mm. uh, for the most part. Mm. Yeah, but most people ain't working on the scale that a Facebook or a Google uh, or Amazon is working either. Yeah, hmm. <laughs> or YouTube. Oh, <laughs> well, I guess that's Google or Alphabet or whatever you want to call them this week. Yeah, this is a side note. Google did get caught with the same with their hand in the cookie jar too, yep. using their certificate. Uh, so it's not, and I'm not giving them a pass for that, but, uh, there's no need to repeat the same thing we just talked about. Like right. it's the same I'm thing. Not, it goes down yeah. to 20 bucks is, is your, it, they're turning around and making money off of that. Like what, what people don't get though. And I, I guess I want to clarify this at least in, in case it does make it into the show. Uh, because it might not, right. but if it does make it into the show, what I want to clarify is like I'm not giving Google a pass. Yeah, Mike's right. We don't need to repeat the whole thing because same same concepts apply to Google. Uh, Google tends not to at least well. Facebook makes a lot of news for what they do. I'm not going to say Google doesn't practice some of the same ways that, that Facebook does. Although I, I choose to, or at least from what I see, Facebook is uh, Google is not nearly as. Uh, indifferent to public opinion and what should be right, what was considered right and wrong, what's moral and what's not moral. Uh, when it comes to tracking people, like it's, it's, it's spelled out for you in their terms of service, what they're going to do and what they're going to do with your information. Facebook, my issue with Facebook personally is that they continuously seem to just not give a fuck about what they're doing with people's data and how they're taking advantage of people. And because they 
have so much data on information or so much data on people. They just, yeah, yeah. They just do what they, I mean, they're huge. Like they, it's sort of like the whole, not to take this down that road, but it's sort of like the whole too big to fail idea of Wall Street, right? These banks screwed up with investments and things that they did, but the government came along and bailed them out because it would have been a lot less, it would have been a lot more trouble for the country as a whole if those banks just collapsed. You know, if JP Morgan, I don't know if they was even in the middle of that, but you know, if if the big banks, you know, that, that, that run the financial district would have collapsed, we've all, would have been out on the street everybody i mean literally everybody would have been out on their ass if the government didn't come to and bail them out facebook to me seems to have this concept internally or at least for some of their people I, everybody at facebook can't be terrible but the people who get to make the decisions at facebook seem to have the idea that they're too big for anybody to do anything about them uh and the point was brought up that had you know let's say me and michael had an app on the store and we used our internal developer certificate to do what facebook was doing not only would our our uh company uh certificate have been yanked uh which is what happened to facebook uh but also our apps any apps that me and michael had on the store from from the dm you know app company incorporated would have also have been yanked <laughs> from the store right because right? we're little who yeah. gives a shit yeah. right but can apple really afford to yank facebook's apps out of their store can they really do that they could, but can they afford to do it? So, to bring it back around to tech, since we're not going to go down that path. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, we won't be installing certificates on your device because we will be asking for your permission for all of your information. And, uh, yeah, so. And we're going to keep track of it in Airtable, possibly, maybe. <laughs> ask me about Teresa. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh,. Yeah, what about Teresa, though? Because yeah. you mentioned Teresa earlier. Yeah, so uh, interestingly enough, yesterday I got an email. Uh, some people in our closer communities know that over the weekend I went to the state capitol and legislated for uh, accessible prescription labeling services uh, to be required by all pharmacies with the American Council of the Blind of Oregon. And that was the first experience I had had going to speak to uh, lawmakers for our state. Uh, and, you know, I, I had a great experience and uh, definitely recommend it for anyone who has the opportunity to go try it. However, when I returned home yesterday, I received an email from Teresa. So thanks, Teresa. And she's like, hey, so I just got uh, or I just got done talking to James, who's the president. See, James, I didn't call you John. And that wasn't edited. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Kept calling him John all weekend. Anyway, she uh say or she sent me an email that says, "Hey, I just got a or me and James just got done talking, and he told me how he met this great individual and how he was able to feel my energy and pretty much explained who I am in real life to Teresa. And Teresa goes, so I've never met Michael, but I've heard his podcast and I listen to it on a regular basis. I'm part of his email list. And whenever he emails me, I get messages and I've looked into some of his courses. And that just blew me, uh, blew me away when she reached out and goes, congratulations. And, you know, it congratulated me for becoming a member of the ACB and also advise, or she's also part of the, uh, 
editor for the newsletter of the American Council of the Blind of Oregon. Uh, and of course, that made me jump over to the website and start, you know, looking into ways that we can improve some of the stuff. So uh, it was just an interesting way to build a relationship with someone who I've never met, but others have met me and the podcast kind of precedes me. And I kind of was a feel good moment, if that makes sense. <laughs> and if I would have yeah. had a, a air table, I would have been like, Oh, this is who Teresa is because Teresa and I have had conversations in the past. But if you ask me, what have you and Teresa talked about in the past? I'll be honest. I don't remember. I know you, Teresa. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You, you remember the name and you recognize it when you see it, but you don't have any sort of recollection of, of, details of aside from more recent conversations because ironically enough her and i've been talking over the past month and a half or so but her and i also talked a year or so ago as well and you you know how it can go so good solutions for keeping contacts straight you're on pay.com slash dm36 let us know in the comments right now we're exploring Airtable. i do like that you can export each contact uh it's like a card so any data that you save in a row can be exported and or shared with someone else as well so that's pretty cool if you ever need to keep stuff keep track of stuff or play with apis yeah Airtable, I've heard some interesting uses for Airtable. Uh, and essentially what Airtable is, because Mike, I don't think you ever told people what it actually was. Oh, oops, but that's how we are. <laughs> that's how we roll, man. We're going to tell you what it is now that we Go figure you it out. Google it. Oh, it. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's already thousands of words that have been written about what it is. It's essentially a database. Yeah. Uh, it's a way to keep system. track of data. Uh, so think about, uh, and the way somebody explained it, and I'm probably going to muddle this up a little bit, but, uh, it's sort of like an Excel spreadsheet crossed with the functionality of, uh, online database systems like MySQL or, or, uh, SQL. Yeah, SQL, uh, any other databases. So it's sort of like taking, uh, the capabilities of Word, not Word, uh, Excel, Powering that with pairing that with, you know, a database management system, something like MySQL, which, you know, powers most of the online content. Part uh, spreadsheet, CMSs. part database, and entirely flexible. There you go. <laughs> See? Ha-ha. You got it. Had to steal their tagline, you know. Oh. <laughs> hey, well, that's that, that, but that explains, that explains what it. I was trying in, to in, say. In, you know, part spreadsheet, part it. database. Yeah. Yeah. Summarizes a whole lot better than I was There you doing. go. Yeah. I had to Google it. <laughs> yeah. Somebody like Desiree probably wrote that. Probably. <laughs> so, yeah. It just took you five minutes to explain what you are. I'm going to tell you this. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell it to you in four words. No, six words. <laughs> part spreadsheet, part database, totally flexible. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Really flexible. Yeah, there you go. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. I don't have any clue what we're going to talk about next week. Um, we're shooting up. We'll figure it out between now and then. Yeah. If you're interested, let us know. I'm at Payon, P-A-Y-O-W-N on Twitter, and he's... <laughs> at Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E. Wait, am I still on Twitter? I don't even know. All right, that's it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll leave with that mumble. <laughs> 
You've been listening to Your Own Pay Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit yourownpay.com slash cast for exclusive content and to contact us today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and about how you're making this podcast your own. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. The Your Own Pay Podcast, yourownpay.com.